0: Please stand for the reading of God's word. Today's scripture is Romans 5, 1 through 8. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us to this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand, and we confidently and joyfully When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. You may be seated.
1: West Bowles. Good morning. Uh, Graham mentioned Shar's preaching this morning. I, if you're new, my name is not Shar, all right? I'm, my name is Nathan. I get to be pastor here at the church, and uh, before she comes out here, um, if you've been tracking with us, we've been going through the gospel of Mark over an extended period of time, but these last couple of weeks of July and through August, we're taking a break, and we're going through life verses. Now, some of you, when I say that phrase, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's a favorite passage from scripture that you cling to, you're inspired by, you, you just carry it with you in some form, or it's up on the walls of your house and it's framed in, in a picture or something. But as you dig into scripture, one of the things that I just pray for this congregation, um, because I know it's been true in my own life, is you realize every single verse of God's word has life in it. When you come to know and trust Jesus as your savior, all of God's word it's just you begin to have your eyes open to the life within it. And that's especially true of the passage this morning. And so before I get to that, before I intro her, will you real quick please thank our worship team and Jason and Chris for bringing us worship this far? Well, many of you know Shar kowser here on our staff at the church through uh, children's ministry. She worked with children's ministry for years here at the church and over the last couple of years, uh, especially through the pandemic and all our nation has been through and our world has been through, we've seen how important it is to bolster and make more robust our care ministries and Shar actually transitioned over to overseeing our care ministries here at the church. And as you if you know her, it's such a perfect move for her because she really sees every single person in front of her, especially through the lens of care is a child of God and so her background with children's ministry it just it made that transition uh, a beautiful one. And so with that being said, I'm going to stop talking and will you please join me in welcoming Sharah Hauser this morning?
2: No turning back now. <laughs> Thank you, Nathan. Thank you. Uh, good morning, church. <laughs> like Nathan said, I am Shar Kauser, and I am the director of care and family ministries here at the church. Last week, Nathan shared a, a, a quote from J.C. Ryle A holy believer is a walking sermon. He shared this as he reminded us that God doesn't just share messages, he shapes messengers. Amen, brother. (laughs) What a perfect segue for those of us who will be sharing our life verses, our testimonies with you over the next few weeks. I do consider it truly a great privilege and honor to be with you this morning, sharing with you what God has done in my life. I do believe that God has given me a message to share, my testimony, his story, a story of redemption and transformation that only God can write, and he is still writing. Lord, through your Holy Spirit, would you please speak your message through me today, your story, as you have called me to be your messenger. So before I jump into my life verse, I'd like to talk about expectations just a little bit. Different types of expectations. Now there's reasonable expectations when we can confidently count on a certain outcome. For instance, we can confidently expect the sun to set and rise. I can expect with great confidence that if I don't put sunscreen on and I go spend the day in the sun... I'm going to get a sunburn. On Father's Day, the church confidently expected the people to come when we put bacon and donuts in the foyer. That was a great, reasonable expectation, was it not? Then there's also unmet expectations when our, the desired outcome just doesn't happen. And those can definitely lead to disappointment and maybe even resentment. Then there's the unexpected, when an outcome surprises us, right? These can be pleasant. These can be great. Unexpected blessings are awesome. But they can also be challenging. When I read What to Expect When You're Expecting, when I was pregnant with my daughter, I don't remember it telling me how to manage a baby with colic who was going to cry for 14 to 16 hours a day inconsolably. Yeah, I don't remember that. That was that was unexpected. And then of course there's horrific unexpected outcomes. A loss, a sudden loss of a loved one, a cancer diagnosis. And then of course there are false expectations. When we have misinformed, misguided, or unreasonable expectations of an outcome. For instance, if you are expecting snow tomorrow because your friend or your social news feed told you it would, I'm sorry you've been misguided, misinformed, it's not going to snow tomorrow. Not here. That's a false expectation. Just a couple of months ago, my daughter and I went on a trip to France. It was a trip of a lifetime that she treated me to. Now, before we left, we both of us had all these people telling us, "Oh, France? Yeah, they don't like Americans there. Oh, France, expect to be treated rudely. Oh, yeah, you better expect to speak only French or or you're going to be Sorry. Well, that was a false expectation because, boy, we went. And I am here to tell you, church, we were treated kindly everywhere we went. Those expectations were thrown out the window. And we had the best time engaging with and loving on the people of France. Now, of course, this was not my first time with false expectations, and I'm sure it won't be the last. I'm going to take you back. Twenty-one years ago, to a very unexpected invite. it was by my daughter's friend's mom, so someone she was in kindergarten with. it was her mom. She invited my daughter to Iwana. We had Iwana here for about 30 years. She invited my daughter to Awana. I was like, "What's that?" <laughs> she told me, and I said, "Oh, sounds like something my daughter would like." So we came. She loved it. She wanted to come back, and the mom was like, ooh, yeah, that was the last night, and they're off for the whole summer. I was like, okay. She says, however, we have a great children's program on Sunday. You should come on Sunday and bring her. And I'm like, "Oh." Sunday. Sunday in church. Yeah, I haven't done that in about 15 years and only did that a handful of times anyway in my whole childhood. Um, Yeah, I don't know about that. Here's why that invite was so unexpected. Not only had it been a long time since I had been in church, but I was a broken, divorced, single mom. I dressed less than modestly. I used lots of words you can't say in church, and often I smelled like a bar. Sounds like just the kind of person you want to invite to church, right? I've even asked myself quite often, would I have invited me? I've wrestled with that over the years. I agreed to come, but here's where the false expectations came in. I walked in expecting this. I walked in expecting everyone to have their act together. Is that all of you? Do you all, you all have your act together? I expected everyone to be happily married. I expected everyone had grown up in church. I expected that no one has problems. If they knew me, I'd be judged I'd be unwelcome. Well, this goes on and on. Basically, I I expected church to be good for my daughter, but not for me. So we came. She loved it. She got me here over and over again on Sundays. Please tell me I'm not alone in having an experience like this. Have you ever had false expectations about something only to find out that you have it all wrong? Have you been there? Maybe that's you today. I'd like to think that God put at least one person in these seats that represents the me of 20 years ago. Who needs to hear this message today. Lord, let it be so. Maybe, maybe you have someone that you'd like to invite to church, but your expectations are that they will say no. What if you're wrong? What if that mom had not invited me? Which brings me to my life verse and how that single unexpected invite changed me and the legacy of my family forever. My life verse is Romans 5, 8. And I learned it in Iwana with my daughter. This was not a sermon that I heard this in. This was not an adult Bible school or Bible class that I heard this in. This was in Iwana as she was in her handbook having to memorize this scripture. And by golly, I was going to make sure she, she was ready for Awana that night. And so I was helping her, and God met me right where I was at. So when we go back to the last verse that Chris read, Romans 5, 8, and you'll see up here, I have the NIV version because this is how I learned it first. And so I know many of you have either grown up in Awana or been part of Awana. So if you know this, will you say it with me? But God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Thank you for indulging me with that. God went straight to the heart for me with this. His message was loud and clear. Yes, my unconditional love, my grace, my forgiveness, it's for you. And no, you don't have to have your act together before you can have that. Here, I was expecting God's rejection through his people, through this place, but instead, I found his redemption. I had been conditioned to believe that I had to earn love, that I had to be good enough, that I had to deserve it. This changed everything. I had gotten it all wrong because Jesus had already made it all right. Now, I feel like I could spend the whole morning just talking about this one verse, Um, but first I'd get in trouble. But also, there's more. There's more. Did you notice that this verse starts with two really important words? But God. That's our clue. That's our clue to look closely at what comes before. So that's what we're going to do this morning. As we go back to the beginning of chapter 5, we'll see that Paul opens chapter 5 by reminding us of three things, who we are, what we have, and what he did. Let me read verse 1a for you. It's up here on the screen. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith— It's a short little sentence that packs a punch. He starts with, therefore, since. Now, before we dive into this, this is main point number one on your scripture notes sheet, if you you have that in front of you. Under who we are, we are made right. We are made right. All right, so back to the verse 1a therefore since that tells us he paul has already had a lot to say by the time we got here in the previous chapters paul has already made the argument that we are all sinners in need of a savior that no one is righteous not even one that we are saved by god's free gift of grace through Christ who paid the price for our sins in full, once and for all. Here in one a he sums it all up in one sentence. Therefore, since we have been made right, righteous, justified, redeemed, no longer separated from God. In God's sight, how he sees us. He sees us washed clean without stain or blemish, no longer covered in sin. By faith, believing that Jesus is who he says he is and did what he said he was going to do. This is our identity in Christ. This is who we are. Now, this is not how I saw myself when I first came walking in. Certainly not for those first couple of years. Made right in God's sight by faith. The first day I walked in, I would not have been ready for this. I would have tuned out right here. Because this is how I saw myself. Now I did see myself as a good mom. It was my favorite thing. God blessed me with only one child, but I, let me tell you, she's the best child he could have ever blessed me with. <laughs> and being a mom was my favorite thing. But also, I saw myself as broken, tarnished, not good enough, unworthy, I've often said, I was the wretch the song talks about. If you don't know the song I'm talking about, it's Amazing Grace that saved a wretch like me. Yeah, that was me. While I was feeling unworthy, God was telling me through his word and through his people that I was worth dying for. Now, fast forward a couple of years from when I first came. I had given my life to Christ. I had joined the choir, and I had recently been baptized. And then God did the unexpected and brought me my husband, Chris. And we're about to celebrate our 18th anniversary. God brought Chris into my life, and I'd like to share with you a story about our first date. Well, it wasn't really like an official first date. It was more like a, hey, choir rehearsal's over. You want to go get a bite to eat at Sweet Tomatoes? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And so we went and Church, let me tell you, we closed down the place. I know, like slow down crazies, right? <laughs> we closed down sweet tomatoes. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and uh, it's still funny. eighteen <laughs> Plus years. <yours>. <throat> and as the vacuumings are running and they are waiting for us to leave, the conversation is leading towards... The, will there be another date? And I looked across the table and I said to Chris, I was like, <sighs> sorry, I, I said, <laughs> are you sure you want to do this? I mean, I, I have all this history. I'm this broken single mom. Like, I'm about to go bankrupt. I mean, I'm a mess. And he looked across the table back at me, and he said, "Shar, we all have stories. And he proceeded to share with me his testimony. And he knocked down all those expectations, those false expectations that I had. And as he shared his testimony, and he looked across the table at me, he saw me through God's eyes. Not as a broken single mom, but as a child of God, worthy of God's love and grace, who's made right in his sight, just as he was. Don't we all need to be reminded of this sometimes? How God sees us, who we are in his sight? And this brings me to our second main point, What we have. This is verses, the rest of verses 1 through 2. Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God. Sorry. (laughs) We have peace with God. Because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Friends, what we have is restored relationship. What we have as Christ redeemed is restored relationship with God. And with that comes these eternal gifts that Paul talks about in this passage. We have peace with God because of what Jesus has done. We have a restored relationship. We are no longer separated and we have a place of undeserved privilege. Can we just soak that in for a second? A place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. We could be standing in a lot of other things. Standing in the muck, standing in the miry clay, standing in a mess. This is standing in a place of undeserved privilege, access to his grace. We can't lose it or have it taken away. This is not temporary. It is forever. And we have the gift of sharing in God's glory, confidently and joyfully, looking forward to eternity with him. I feel like we could stop and say amen and close here, but there's more. There's more that we have. These are the eternal gifts we have, but we also, we also have hope in the hurting. This is point number 2B on your, on your notes here. We also have hope in the hurting. And with this, we are given a set of power tools. This is the part where I look around the room and I see heads go up more. Power tools, yes, I said it. Do I have your interest now? (laughs) We can rejoice too. Excellent, we have eternal gifts and we can rejoice too. We can have joy. Yes. And then it follows with when we run into problems and trials. What? When we run into problems and trials, that does not make that would not have made sense to me whatsoever when I was first sitting in these seats. How can I have joy when there's problems and trials? Let's see what Paul says at the end of verse 3 how we do this. Because when Jesus was having his last dinner with his disciples the night before he died, he told them, he said, in this world you will have trouble. He doesn't say you might. He says you will. And here Paul says when? When we run into troubles, problems, trials, it's going to happen. Then what do we do? Well, we've been given some power tools. And in, at the end of verse 3, Paul goes through these. Endurance. Endurance is one of them. We develop endurance. We develop perseverance strength of character, the ability to do hard things, confident hope of salvation without a doubt, hope without a doubt that will not lead to disappointment. We have protection against disappointment. How can we have these tools? Well, in verse 5, We see, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. His love through his Holy Spirit poured into our hearts. His power in us. By using his power tools, we can rejoice in knowing that we are not alone and we can find hope in the hurting when those problems and trials come along. Nathan mentioned care ministry earlier. In care ministry, we take our heart for others, our own stories, our testimonies, and these power tools. We take them, we've been given them, we take them to walk alongside the hurting with the love of Christ. This is how we can do that. Those we care for are hurting. They're hurting physically, emotionally, spiritually. Many are struggling to expect and believe that the promise of peace and hope can come, that they can have the strength to endure the hardship, to persevere the hardship, That they won't be alone, and that they can receive God's unconditional love, His free gift of grace, and eternal life with Him through Jesus, just like I was when I walked through those doors all those years ago. Just listen to the mission, the mission statements of some of our care ministries. Grief Share is the journey from mourning to hope. Uh, Excuse me, to joy the journey from mourning to joy. Divorce care, finding hope and healing. Single and parenting, this is hard work with real hope. Stephen Ministry, offering one-on-one, distinctively Christian care to the hurting. And Cancer Care Ministry, our newest ministry that's getting ready to launch in the fall, our journey of hope. Please stay tuned for more details on that coming soon in the next month. All right, so we've talked about who we are, what we have, and now we're at what he did, the third main point. Looking at verse 6 first, when we were utterly helpless. Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. This says it all. We were powerless. We couldn't get ready. We couldn't fix it. That's the utterly helpless. But Christ came at just the right time and laid down his life for us. And this is number three on your sheets. Main point number 3 what he did he laid down his life now let's look at verses 7 and 8 as well when we were utterly helpless christ came at just the right time and died for our sinner, for us sinners now most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God shows, showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Now verse 6 sums it all up, but then Paul gets to 7 And it's like he's thinking out loud here, trying to get us to kind of think about what he just said. Like, in case you didn't catch it, Paul's like, this is what he did. And this is who he did it for. Let's look at that again. And let's think about how amazing that is. What a gift that is. How unexpected that is. So we, we see in verse 6 that he died at just the right time for sinners. And some translations actually say for the ungodly. And then he follows with most people would not die for the righteous. Someone might perhaps die for someone who's an especially good person. Most people would not. Someone might perhaps, but God. But God. And Paul repeats what he did again and who he did it for, and that it was done out of the greatest act of love ever. Which brings us to our final point and main idea at the bottom of your notes. Although we went wrong, He made us right. Although we went wrong, He made us right. Church, I needed to hear this all those years ago. When I was expecting rejection, I found redemption. When I was expecting exclusion, I was included. When I expected judgment, I was accepted. And when I was expecting to forever carry my guilt and shame, I found the one, the one who's already carried it for me, Christ on a cross. What are your expectations of him? If you are where I was, I want to urge you. I want to urge you to talk to someone, to, if not today, soon. Or come talk to me. He'll change your life. He changed mine forever. Friends, what will you do with what he's done? Who will go? Who will you find to care for and use your power tools with? And will you help them find theirs? As the band makes their way back up, I'll end with a couple of last thoughts. If you'd like to hear more about my story, please let's have coffee. I would love to share it. I could have stood up here for, well, all day. God is so good, and he continues to write this story in me. His story. If you'd like to know more about CARE Ministries, please find me in the foyer, or you can email me at care at And if you'd like someone to talk with or pray with today, we have our Stephen ministers available. They'll be in the back, maybe on the sides, in the foyer. Most of them have blue name tags. If you need help finding one, I will help you find one. They would love to talk with you, pray with you, give you a hug if you need one. And before I pray to close this out, I'd love it if you'd stick around for this last song that I asked my hubby to sing. It truly speaks to the heart of what I've shared with you today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, oh God, you are so good and you continue to write my story, our stories. Lord, thank you for all that you give us as your children thank you for who you say we are thank you for what you give us and thank you for what jesus did god would we just go into the rest of our day just thinking about how you love us you love us so much that you would send your only son to die for us You didn't wait till we had our act together. You didn't wait till we made ourselves right. You made it right by what he did for us. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.